is What Shall We Do About with Sam Robinson. Hello and welcome to What Shall We Do About, the show that tries to fix the world's less pressing problems. Are you a cat person or a dog person? I often wonder why we need to take sides in this conversation, but generally we are one or the other. I am a dog person, but that's mainly because I only ever had dogs as pets growing up. And I think that leads me to think that while dogs are a human's best friend, cats are selfish. While dogs are happy barking at birds, cats try to kill them. Now maybe I'm wrong, maybe I need to change my tone. So I want to know, what shall we do about cats? To find a solution, I phoned the UK to speak with Australian expat, former radio guy and certified cat fan, Lewis Magnus McCurdy. Since hanging up his headphones at Triple J in late 2016, Louis has moved to London and has spent time driving an animal ambulance for injured cats. Yes, he really has. And as you might expect from Louis, our conversation took some surprising turns, including a foray into musical theatre. Lewis McCurdy, hello from all the way in London. Lewis McCurdy here. What's up, Sam? Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. You are my first uh, guest on the show that is in London or Europe at all, but you're an Aussie. <laughs> first international guest is an international what are you doing, Sam? You've got to save that for the big guns. You're a fabled guy. Here he is. You used to do radio fabled here and you're guy. a bit of, you know, of an enigma. And uh, lo and behold, you're now over in London and you're at the BBC now? Yeah, I work at the BBC now. I'm a studio manager for the news department. So like uh, World Service and Radio 4. It's all very, very prestigious radio. It's very, very uh, highbrow and... and um, well, you, you, I don't know if you've ever heard the output of Radio 4 and BBC World Service, but it is, it's a, it's premium BBC. It's very, very posh. It's very posh stuff. But I'm posh. Well. It's hard to convince people I'm posh, but I'm, I'm posh. People might have seen that, you know, the, the title of this podcast, the fact that we're trying to solve cats and saw your name next to it and thought, hang on, that's a strange combination. But, but. You've been a fan of cats for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say I'm a lifer when it comes to cats. And I was, I was particularly pleased when you invited me on this particular episode because one thing that I've always longed to be is an expert in the field. You know, I've, I've been talking to people uh, in higher places my whole, my whole career and been really blown away by the knowledge that they have inside their brain. And to be chosen as the leading expert on cats for your podcast was a, was a real treat. So thanks for that, Sam. You're welcome. I mean, I could have gone for Dr. Harry Cooper. Uh, I've gone for Lewis McCurdy. Yeah. No, Harry, Harry's a bit too busy solving real pet problems. Can I ask about your cat? Uh, you've got a cat over there in your small flat in London. Tell us about Aubergine. So Aubergine is a black domestic short hair. He's got an incredible coat because we only feed him the best food. And originally, he's from Penrith. Picked him up at a cat shelter uh, in Penrith when I was living in Sydney. And um, and I knew I was moving to London, but uh, we, sh- we shipped him over. It was, it was a pretty, pretty, I guess, traumatic on him. But it's 24 hours on a plane. It's as bad for a cat as it is a human to go overseas, um, if that makes it sound any more uh, less... Inhumane. I know. I, I'm. I'm sure a lot of animal activists would consider it cruel, 
uh, and selfish, and I've, I've totally got to agree. I, I just have to have him around. It's uh, really nice having him here, and I'm really glad me and my girlfriend um, shipped him over because, yeah, he's the centre of our world, basically. Is that an expensive thing to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah re- really expensive. But, um, you know, I, I don't... I don't eat expensive dinners. Uh, well, that's not true. You know what I'm saying. It's it's worth it's worth it. I didn't ship too much stuff over. Um, it was mostly just the cat. And and you said you you feed aubergine the finest food. Well, that was that was recommended that was recommended by a vet because uh, when when he was shipped over here, um, I had left him with my parents for a couple of months whilst my girlfriend and I resettled here and found a home suitable for the cat, and in that time, my parents just overfed Aubergine, because they've got cats themselves, and they just leave out a cat buffet, and so my cat was just, I I didn't know this about Aubergine, but he became the alpha cat, so he was bullying Barry out of his food, he was bullying Henrietta out of her food, and and just ruling the roost on this floor-side buffet, so by the time he got to our flat in London, he was almost twice as big. Um, which is, you know, it sounds like an exaggeration, but he, he really was humongous. And so we had, we had to put him on a, a diet of this premium food and he's, he's looking better. He's, he's, he's back to his normal weight. <laughs> he's back to his normal healthy weight. He's uh, got, and, and, and just a side effect was the quality of the food, really nice coat. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, uh, one of the nice side effects from going on a diet for the cat. Yeah, he's he's gorgeous. What do you love about cats? Why do you why are you a big fan? Well, I mean, I was kind of born into the cat life, so I don't know any other form of interacting with cats. I only know pure joy and love. But you know, so it was hard to kind of figure out the things that I do love about them. Uh, but I, I would say first and foremost, it's their faces. Would you would you say that their faces are nice, Sam? For are you a cat person, or have you gotten me on to be some sort of devil's advocate? Are we going to be debating the quality of cats' faces? Because I'll I'll lead before you can even rebut and say their faces are perfect. I am more of a dog person, and so I didn't want to bring that up too early Whoa. in the podcast. But here it is. Yeah, I, I was worried that this was going to go down, but you know what? I've I've got an arsenal of reasons as to why. Cats are better, but I don't ever want to roll around in the mud like that just yet. Why Why do you think there is such a rivalry between cats and dogs? Or at least, you know, dog lovers and cat lovers. Why do we have to choose? Yeah, that that's interesting. So I think by us as humans categorising cats and dogs and, you know, showing showcasing their differences, we, we forget to look at some of their similarities. Like, there's so many of them. Like dogs and cats, they both love their humans. They both love dinner and snacks. Uh, they both love the outdoors. They both stand up to bullies. So I think it comes down to really, really trivial, pointless human things. Like you look at what people are doing online, 15% of internet traffic over the globe, like 15% is cats. I think maybe there's a little chip on the shoulder from the from the dog lovers. Um, I think there's also more celebrity cats. I mean, dogs are far more trainable. They're much more obedient. Uh, they're way more loyal. But 
they're still not getting the same opportunities as cats to be in the limelight. And I think over time that would have caused quite a, a begrudgement. As a cat lover, there is a question I make need to ask. Um, do you think the musical Cats gives cats a bad name? Look, the, an- the short answer to that is yes. And, you know, I, I feel very confident to comment on this because I am an aficionado on cats, but also a huge lover of musical theatre. I've, I've seen most of the West End um, productions when they come out here in London. I've seen the classics. I've seen the new ones. Uh, I know the words to Hamilton. I know the entire words to the entire musical of Hamilton. And cats, I've seen it. Uh, I've only seen it once. So it's Andrew Lloyd Webber's probably his most famous musical. It was made in 1981. Since then, it's made $7 billion. Wow. It's definitely the biggest musical in the world. And that's saying something because there's a lot of long-running musicals. A lot of those are actually attributed to Andrew Lloyd Webber. This guy is just a musical powerhouse. But that isn't to say that it's um, any good. Yeah, I, I, I find it really problematic um, for a few reasons. And, and these are, these are such common reasons that people criticize cats on. Like it's obviously this bewildering, freaky rewriting of T.S. Eliot's or not rewriting, but just, um, bringing T.S. Eliot's old possums book of practical cats to life through music. Um, so, but, but one of the big, one of the big problems with it is that, um, it was lousy when it came out in 1981. And Andrew Lloyd Webber just refuses to let anyone modernize it. And in the 80s, you know, synths were really cool. So instead of having like this big orchestral backing in the pit, he's just got some synth players and um, it just hasn't aged well, but he won't let anyone modernize the music or the characters as well. Like he, he was really lazy in giving... Um, cats character and and depth you know you can't really just give cats race and say that's their personality you had zero steps to give any depth at all and it it comes off as uh quite problematic and racist um on uh, the only time i've seen cats the musical was in sydney when they did it in 2015 all star cast you know you got delta goodrum as um as the lead and lady Grizabel, you know you know memories the aria of the musical yeah so she's she's the performer that um does that so I saw that and there was such resistance to anybody changing any element of the show except for one character and that was um Rum Tum Tugger um and they changed Rum Tum Tugger from like this cool Elvis James Dean type cat to a hip-hop cat and they gave him a rapping street cat attitude and they gave him a <laughs> some bars to perform and a break dance routine they didn't even cast a black performer and um so not only did it meet resistance from you know people looking out for diversity in um performance but also from the original lovers of this musical who just thought it was an absolute offence to change anything about the musical. And and that kind of um, campaigning still goes on. I mean, Andrew Lloyd Webber's in the paper just this week complaining about the UK government banning um, 
musicals, not opening theatres because of COVID. You know, theatre is one of the last things to be allowed to be reopened. And Andrew Lloyd Webber is fuming about it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a bad musical. I've I've seen enough to say how many they are. It's 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 unhinged. I don't get it. It is paradoxical. Um, for me to say that I don't like Cats the Musical when I love Cats in general. Um, but I would say if you haven't ever hung out with Cats, the animal, try hanging out with it eight or nine, ten times and see if that relationship develops. Maybe Cats the Musical, there's a similar thing going where you need to see it nine, ten, twenty or thirty times to really start to uh, enjoy it. I'm not. I'm not willing to push it to the limits and test that out, though. <laughs> Fair enough. I, uh, I look. You've blown me away because I asked you that offhand. You are. You are across that musical, Louis. You surprised me. Mate, I, honestly, I, I love musicals. My girlfriend got me into them when she was working in um, musicals, and so guess who gave me tickets to Hamilton? Guess who gave me tickets to Hamilton? Your girlfriend. Nope. Your cat. Nope. Okay, tell me. I don't know. You got what? You got one more guess. One, one more guess. You don't want to guess anymore? I'll, I'll tell you. Hamilton. Hamilton gave me tickets to Hamilton. It was the best. I met, I met uh, the guy who plays Hamilton, and I was working at a community radio station at the time. And these two people do a show called The Pit, and they were inviting um, Hamilton on their show. They were, they were just mates with him, and he came in. I was like, "Yeah, Yo, you're Hamilton." He's like, "Yeah, you've seen it." And I'm like, "No." And he's like, "Well, here." whips out two house tickets to the to the best seats in the house, drops them in my lap, gives me the night of my life. Got to see Hamilton in Hamilton's seats, through Hamilton's eyes, as they say, if you sit in those seats. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was brilliant. I've been obsessed since. Louis, people uh, would know you as uh, being a radio broadcaster, um, and you were that for many years here in Australia. You ended up moving over to London, and at some point you ended up, driving a van, carrying cats around. And that's kind of what alerted me to the fact that you're into cats. Can you explain how you how you got that gig? Definitely. So first of all, I just want to explain that it wasn't a van driving cats around. It was an animal ambulance. Yes, it was a Ford Transit. Yes, it was a van. But it had a decal wrap around the side of the van saying animal ambulance and lights on the top. They didn't work. Uh, there was no switch or anything to turn them on. But... It looked like an animal, an animal ambulance, uh, and uh, yeah, I was, I was driving that. I was that was that was my job for for a little while. Uh, when I when I left um, Triple J, which is where I was broadcasting in Australia, I didn't want to get into broadcasting. Um, well, immediately, I was a bit over it, um, and just didn't have the energy. And you know, I I, I just wanted to try something else out. I wanted to be practical, and I wanted to donate my time to a worthy cause. So I started volunteering. As soon as I landed in London, I, d I didn't get a job. I just started volunteering for things. And well, I was volunteering at an animal shelter, a cat shelter in North London. And um, I applied to be their volunteer gardener. And I came up with a huge concept to completely do over their backyard. So yeah, it's just set up in like a beautiful old Victorian terrace with this long stretching backyard and the backyard was completely overgrown and um you know it was, it was full of some really nasty uh nasty stuff 
and and so I went in and and pitched to redo their garden, you know, introduce nice herbs and flowers that cats enjoy the smell of and taste of and really pretty stuff to introduce bees and butterflies so that way the cats have a good chance to um you know kill creatures if they want uh <laughs> but um yeah so I was I was in the midst of doing that and their handyman got I, I don't know what happened to him he he uh took a job somewhere else and I was offered their handyman job as as a job so I accepted it but I definitely accepted it with the prerequisite saying I've never in my life had a job being a handyman I'm not good with tools everything I learn is going to be based off YouTube tutorials I'm not a plumber I'm not an electrician I've got zero background in construction I I, I have no ability to do any carpentry um, painting is not a good forte of mine I can drive I've got my driver's license and bingo there I go I'm in so all of a sudden, I'm thrust into this role. I'm wearing overalls, boots every day, gloves, and um, and a big part of that handyman role was being the animal ambulance driver, driving cats who are unwell to the vet, driving cats who are getting rehomed to um, different areas of uh, you know North London and um, the Midlands, so like Cambridgeshire stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that, that's how I wound up in that role. You also documented uh, some of your time driving the animal ambulance around in a podcast that you made. Here's a bit of it. We're in London now, and London is no place for these special guys. What a loot. My name's Lewis Magnus McCurdy, and I am the maintenance, repairman, and facilities troubleshooter at an animal charity, and I also drive the animal ambulance. I have to do a roll call. Do I have Chase? Thank you. Max? Bubbles? Gizmo? Puss? Puss, you back there? Did you learn something about cats during that time or, or some, some new things that you didn't know before? Yeah, well, when, when, I, when I took on um, recording my driving in the animal ambulance, uh, I wanted to capture um, what it's like for the cats. So I wanted to know as much about the cats as possible. Um, so I, I, I went on a bit of a research thing and, and you know, I got, I got technical. So I learned about the different breeds and um, what makes them tick and, and why they're bred in the first place and, and who wants them. Uh, I, one thing I learned was when it comes to taste in cats, there's a hierarchy when it comes to um, rescuing cats. So people think that uh, domestic short hair, black cats, so just your regular run-of-the-mill black cat, they're the lowest of the low. Very few people want them. There's still huge speculation and um, fear of black cats being unlucky just this revolting superstition yeah uh, against black cats it still runs rife and it's harken on centuries and centuries and centuries of um misunderstanding cats and just uh picking black cats to be the the fall guy for for not liking them so yeah they're they're like the least rescued cat and then we'll work up the scale so from there 
you're going to go into uh, like tabby cats. So cats that have um, faded colorways, you know, patches, stuff like that. Um, this is still in the domestic short hair variety. Then from there, you're going to go into long-haired cats. They're a little bit more popular. Um, and this is still that colorway. Then we're going into the premium cat zone. So if you're a if you're a gray cat uh, or a gray and white cat, you are going to be snatched up pretty quickly from people who love cats. And from there, the the pinnacle of domestic short hair cats or all long hair cats is ginger. Everybody wants a ginger cat. And then and then if you've got a designer breed, it's not going to last a day. That that cat's walking out that door with a new owner that afternoon. So yeah, I, I didn't know that there was going to be a hierarchy of cats, but it turns out there is, considering that they're all, they're all the same thing, basically. As a cat lover, when you see that happening and you're transporting these rescue cats around, do you lose a little faith in, in cat owners? Uh... No, no. I've I've got a lot of respect for people who go to um, shelters and and um, take home cats that need rehoming because a lot of them aren't kittens. Like kitten season comes around springtime, but besides then, a lot of the cats that are getting rehomed are mature cats. They've already been in a home. A lot of the reason why these cats get uh, dumped is because the people who are looking after them just fall on hard times and can't manage to keep it up. And you know, it's 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 really sad because this is their best friend. In a lot of circumstances and um, you know there was times where I'd have to go to uh, people's houses and um, take away their cats because they were going through either financial hardship and they literally couldn't afford cat food or they had um, started deteriorating um, physically and mentally so they weren't able to look after the cat so so I had to step in and, and you know phys- physically remove these people's cats you know they, they volunteered it to do it it wasn't like I was um, docs running in and ripping away children from their parents' arms. Um, I was, you know, asked by them to do it, but it was very, very uh, difficult and quite taxing on me. And and part of doing the podcast was uh, a nice, uh, I guess, catharsis from for, for being able to, you know, listen back to it and and, and hear it going on. I was able to get me through it because you know there was no there's no counselling. And a lot of the time, I'm talking to these cats in the in the van. A lot of the time, I guess that is uh, me uh, defragging and, and uh, cancelling myself. So yeah, cats are cats are very comforting. They meow a lot though. Damn, they're loud. It, it makes for good ambience on your podcast, though, Louis. You got to say. Well, yeah, that was one of my biggest fears when I was recording. I was recording. I was thinking, man, you know, who's going to listen to a podcast or, or any story for that matter, where it's just a little siren cat going off in the background. Uh, so I, I, I spent a lot, overall I had more than 100 hours of um, recordings and I whittled it down to, I think, six 10-minute episodes. <laughs> so yeah, I think most of the 100 hours is, uh, yeah, cats yelling at me. That's why there's not season two, that's why there's not going to be a director's cut because it's more or less unlistenable. I'm guessing you're not driving the animal ambulance anymore. You've given that job up? Oh man, you know I had I had such a such a solid run. You know I was doing doing what I loved. I was driving an animal ambulance, but like I, I've got to say the the grim side of it is being on minimum wage, <laughs> working three days a week. It's really hard to get by. Uh, 
you know, also the other aspect of the job, the handyman job, was really starting to unwind. So li- listen to this. So just, this is January 2018. I get a letter. I've got it right here. This is uh, this is huge for me. I was there for a few months in 2017, maybe like six months. And li- listen to this. This is an award I won. This is a letter from the CEO. It says, Dear Lewis, the WAFTA Community Awards. As you know, we recently asked staff and volunteers to nominate colleagues who, in their opinion, had gone that extra mile and deserved recognition. The categories are Best Leading Man or Lady, Volunteer of the Year 2017, The Best Innovative Idea, and Person I would like to say thank you to. And the letter continues. It says, I'm writing to congratulate you on being the overall winner of the Best Leading Man Award. How good is that? I received two nominations. Would you like to hear them? Yeah, I'd love to, yeah. Okay, it says, Lewis started out as a volunteer and quickly became a member of the team in London. He works hard and has formed a great relationship with the maintenance teams from Hayden and God Manchester. He's truly bringing all three sites to work harmoniously together. And the next one is helping us with all the maintenance here at the London Centre. So yeah, I was flying high in 2017. I, I couldn't believe it. I got leading man. There's even a, a colleague who came up to me and goes, hey man, so you got the leading man award. I'm like, yeah, isn't that nice? I haven't even been here that long. He's just like, right, I've been here 10 years. I never won no award. <laughs> I just felt so bad because I was, I was doing this handyman work. Honestly, it was like painting walls, fixing holes in cages, um, you know, doing a lot of their like heating and and uh, surface level plumbing, decorating, you know, driving, uh, and that that was all cool. But some jobs that were just like way out of my depth, and um, you know, I was I was paying for equipment with my own money, so I was like skipping a lot of steps, and I just it all it all came uh, crashing down in the end because. A lot of the things I was fixing didn't stay fixed because I didn't know what I was doing in the first place. And it started spiraling out of control um, to the point where I, I, I kept calling in sick because I, I couldn't face up to the problems I'd caused myself. The only thing I enjoyed doing was driving the van. So I'd, I'd have to make up excuses to get in the van to go driving so that way I could avoid the actual work that I needed to do. And, you know, I knew it was going to... Um, come crashing down in the end and eventually I was on holiday in Austria um, and I'd already booked a holiday well beyond the leave I was given and so when it came to the day that I was meant to be back at work I just emailed work and said look I'm in um, I'm in Austria my my flight's been cancelled I'm on a new flight this time so I guess I'll be at work then nothing I can do about it sorry about that and they called my bluff they wanted to see they wanted to see the receipts they wanted to get the the plane i missed and the plane i rebooked um and and all their timings and so i had to i had the next time i was in work i walked i walked in the office and just said look i don't have any of that stuff uh and we both agreed that i should uh quit there and then mm. i know what a what a fall from grace i had, i had another job lined up anyway so i wasn't too fast but um you know, I, I did. Uh, I did shamefully leave rather than leaving a, a hero. Well, let's let's start to wrap up, Louis, because I mean, 
I've already been convinced a little bit that uh, I should appreciate cats more. What shall we do about cats? So, on a serious note, we need to stop breeding them. There's way too many cats going into shelters, constantly getting dumped, being you know used as as uh, present fodder at Christmas time, um, being born because you know irresponsibility kicks in for a lot of cat owners and they don't get them, um, you know, pruned. They don't get them. What, what's the word? Is it neutering? Neutering sounds so American. I don't want to say neutering, but you know, desexed. Um, desexed. Desexed sounds more clinical. Yeah. So you know, desex your cats. Make make sure if you've got a male cat that you remove its ability um, to go around the street and impregnate all the other cats because there's so many cats around and they're constantly breeding. And then the the owners they feel responsible for them. You know, if if we're lucky. They'll sell them on Gumtree or something like that irresponsibly. Uh, a little bit worse than that, they might just dump them on the doorstep of a shelter nearby, and that causes massive problems because um, kittens are really, really fragile. They die super easy. I think that's why uh, there's litters. Uh, but, yeah, stop stop buying from breeders. Stop, stop uh, insisting on having a designer cat uh, just because of the way it looks or m- perhaps something it does you know they are they are incredible creatures uh, across the board um so i I just go and uh pick up a cat from a shelter if you want one um that that, that's where i'm at that that's my message that is good advice and you've seen it yourself firsthand over there and i know the problem is exactly the same here in australia so um lou mccurdy thanks for your time and uh your insight into cats especially the cats the musical i had no idea you're into cats lord andrew lloyd webber he, he's he's been pumping out musicals, but he's he was kind of like b- born into it. You know, he's, he grew up in Kensington in the middle of Lon- London, like Silver Spoon, living. He could he could have written anything, and he would have been able to get it all the way to the West End. Like I'm happy I'm happily used his um, privilege uh, in a in a positive way to create musicals. But you know how many good musicals didn't make it because he got prioritised, you know? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. see what you mean. Well, Louis, thanks for your time, mate. Appreciate it. Oh, Sam, you're the best, mate. I had a really nice time chatting to you. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, and if there's ever anything you need to do with cats, you know that there's a 2017 leading man waiting your call. <laughs> Louis McCurdy is on Twitter and Instagram at Louis McCurdy, and you can hear his podcast, Animal Ambulance, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this show, and if you enjoyed it, please leave a review as it helps others come across it too. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast where you heard it to get fresh episodes in your feed every Tuesday morning. You can also connect with the show on Instagram and Facebook at What Shall We Do Pod, and on Twitter at What Shall We Pod. What Shall We Do About is hosted and produced by me, Sam Robinson, with production support from Ali Barnes and original theme music by Chad Gardner. See you next time.